Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Rocky again. Mini episode number four. Um, I'm as shocked as anybody else, probably, that I've just kept this up. Um, this one is going to be way less serious. Um, I mean, not that the last one was, but, you know, I like to... I like to think that this is always going to be like a mixed bag of things. So um, what struck me to sit and record and just kind of talk about for an indeterminate amount of time, but hopefully nothing too crazy, is this past Thursday night, I actually left the house and I went to the movies to watch what you ask? F9. That's right. The Fast Saga continues. And it got me to thinking about just the entire, you know, breadth of the Fast and Furious movies. And incidentally, I had watched Too Fast, Too Furious uh, like a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago. And uh, there's certain ones that are just very fresh in my memory because I've just seen them enough times. So I figured this would be like a twofold discussion one-sided discussion of my personal ranking of just like of my enjoyment of the fast movies not necessarily qualifying which one is better or better made film or any of that shit because at the end of the day they're all these big popcorn movies you know kind of the uh as i think of them the empty calories of cinema if you will so I put together a list of the core nine plus Hobbs and Shaw, and I have ranked them, and I'll go over that and kind of like, you know, give my input on why I personally find, you know, X movie to be an exposition. So there's that. I'm also just going to give my thoughts on the franchise as a whole, um, just because like I jotted down a couple of things. Uh, and after watching full disclosure, after watching fast nine, I went back and rewatched the first fast and the furious furious seven. And I started, but haven't finished before recording this watching, uh, fast and furious six. Also, I'm going to try real hard to keep to their actual titles as I'm referring to them. Uh, just cause I think it's a fun game and maybe I'm a masochist like that, but who knows? So I've watched quite a bit of the Fast series in the last... I'm recording this on a Sunday, so that was Thursday. So within the past three days, two and a half days. Um, So, oh, and uh, to close it out, I figured I'd leave it to the end. So that way anybody who isn't into spoilers or... I mean, come on. Or, um, you know, wants to watch... F9 before hearing my excellent thoughts on it uh, can, you know, kind of put a pin in it and circle back to that latter part of the episode or, you know, just stop there and like pick it up again or never or whatever the case may be. So I'll just leave that till the end. Hopefully this is a lot of stream of consciousness type of stuff. I make little notes sometimes of what I want to talk about or bullet points that I want to hit. So that's where we are with that at the moment. So, all right, let's get this started. One sec as I reach for all of my things. 
Okay. So my list. Um, I'm going to go from 10 to 1. All right, I'm going to go uh, ascending, descending. I forget how that's meant to go. I want to say ascending. Um, all right, I'm just going to jump into it head first. So we got, and I mean, obviously I'll place F9 in here and I'll discuss at the end why it is where it's at. So number 10, my least favorite of these movies is the fourth one, the one just titled Fast and Furious. Um, it's the first in the series that, uh, from a production standpoint, that brings back the original team of uh, Dom, Brian, Letty, Mia, I assume. I didn't rewatch that one because it's not my favorite. It's the one where they drive through mountains as they smuggle stuff from California to Mexico. I don't remember all that much about it, but I do remember just being like, eh. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe I can rewatch it at some point and reflect on where it's at in my personal list. But for right now, it's just a little meh. So that it's in the number 10 slot. Um, next, in the number 9 slot, is The Fate of the Furious. The fun pun title. The f eight, eighth film. Um... There's stuff to like about it. There's a running joke with Rick about he is not into these movies because he's a real cinema and film kind of man. But uh, he has started the movie and he ended up stopping at a certain point for whatever reason. So as of that point, he has never left Cuba uh, as, as it pertains to the plot or narrative of the fate of the furious. So he's still probably in the first 10 minutes maybe, and just has never picked it back up and probably never will. Uh, he also tends to mock Chris more than me, but he gives me and he gives Chris a lot of shit about enjoying these movies. Uh, fate of the furious. I enjoyed it. It has the introduction of uh, Charlize as cypher and I think she's a pretty dope villain. Don't love the dreadlocks. Uh, the hair choices for her character are a little bit weird. I mean, that's not here nor there. But because it was the eighth one at this point, uh, it's just, it gets so ridiculous that it's hard to really think that there's much consequence of anything that happens in these movies because for the most part you know that either some newly introduced character is going to join the family i air quoted but family and or the villain of the movie will miraculously turn good and join the family it's happened before uh it'll likely happen again and um you know, we've just, we've been here a few times. Also, there's the whole nonsense with the submarine, a Lamborghini on ice in Russia, the missile from said uh, submarine that gets like punched into oblivion by Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> so there's just, there's a lot going on in those movies or in that movie in particular, sorry. And um, although enjoyable, because I enjoy pretty much every single one of these, uh, it's just pulling up the rear on my list. Uh, so that 
takes us to number eight. And again, I'll get into more detail about it, but because of similarish reasons, F9 is pulling up the number eight slot. Again, you know, at this point, how much more can they really do? Um, and, you know, again, I'll, I'll circle back to those, to my thoughts on that later. Uh, number seven is Fast and Furious 6. Uh, that is the one for anyone who isn't as aware of the plots of all these, because they could, you know, kind of run together. Uh, Fast and Furious 6 introduces Owen Shaw as the main antagonist in this flick, and it reintroduces uh, Letty into, or as a member, rather, of Shaw's gang this time. Uh, Letty has amnesia due to the, uh, you know, supposed death. Uh, spoilers. Uh, this whole thing is going to be spoilers, so, I mean, that movie came out a while ago. Of uh, Fast and Furious, the fourth in the saga. Um, so, yeah, this time Letty is uh, there, but doesn't really know what's going on. Uh, and the fact that Hobbs brings that info to Dom is why Dom and the family uh, decide to go retrieve one of their own uh, because you don't leave family behind, obviously. Um, it was a really fun movie, but again, we've... I, I mean, this was kind of a toss-up, right? Because the movie that precedes it in the uh, rankings, number six is Fast and Furious 7, which, uh, I mean, they're a little, they're almost interchangeable, rather, uh, as far as my rankings go, 6 and 7, because they're so, like, intertwined. So we meet Owen Shaw in Fast and Furious 6, and by the time you get to Furious 7, he's already been dealt with in the previous movie, and now his older brother, Deckard Shaw, is introduced as the main antagonist, and is somehow i mean it's, it's jason statham right so he's just that level badass the whole time right and i mean owen shaw is really a fairly formidable uh villain in <laughs> fast and furious 6 but like it's just cranked up a notch that much more in furious 7 so uh furious 7 edged out fast and furious 6 by like a narrow margin uh also i mean this doesn't impact my ranking of it all that much, but you also have the whole um, thing in Furious 7 where it was the last one that Paul Walker made uh, prior to his death. So although he's in the entirety of the movie, uh, I mean, his character in particular, but he acted in, I think, 90-something percent of this movie, it isn't until the end where you know, some Wiz Khalifa plays in the background as they say in a very meta fashion, all of the characters say their goodbyes to Brian's character, even though he's only going to retire from the life and raise his family and all that. But it's, you know, a very touching moment for anybody who's been following this franchise for as long as I have, at least. Um, so that just, just put it over Fast and Furious 6 in the ranking. Um, and then we get to spot number five, which truly I couldn't make up my mind in spots four and five. So I'm just going to give the caveat that they are interchangeable 
and just leave it at that. So slots four and five is somewhere between Hobbs and Shaw, the spinoff movie, and the original The Fast and the Furious. Um, I'm really having a hard time figuring out which one should go over the other one. Uh, I've heard people criticize Hobbs and Shaw uh, for just not being or not having the same feeling of the Fast and Furious movies. Uh, personally, I like that because I like that obviously it takes place in the same world and we have these pre-established characters in Hobbs and Deckard Shaw to be specific. Again, for anybody who's listening to this and hasn't watched it, what are you doing? Just go watch these movies. They're ridiculous and fun. Um, I really liked the antics. It was almost like watching a crank movie uh, starring Jason Statham. Uh, just how like dumb and fun and over the top those movies are. It feels like Hobbs and Shaw is in the same vein of those movies. And it's just really enjoyable from that perspective. Now, conversely, uh, having, like I said earlier, rewatched the original The Fast and the Furious uh, two days ago as of this recording. Um, I will say it's, I mean, a definitely a different movie than anything else that came after it Um, because not only does it heavily focus on the street racing aspect of it and is essentially like a reskinned point break which no hate I love point break so that's just to like you know give a uh, an analog to what this movie can be Uh, the original Fast and the Furious is pretty it holds up decently well um there's a lot of things that are dated in there there's a gay slur in there just a big old f-bomb that uh, it caught me by surprise there's a lot of like cringy dialogue and you know things that were really really cool in 2001 that really show their age now and not in a hip and cool way uh in a way that like we left that back there for a reason but um overall I really enjoyed rewatching it and not necessarily from a purely nostalgic standpoint. So because of that, I couldn't pick an overall four and five or who should be in spots four and five. Oh, hey, just wanted to take a quick second. Once again, I'm trying to be way better about this, but I figured I'd just add a small little ad break here to remind everyone that i recently launched a patreon uh in case anyone is interested it is over at patreon.com slash in rocky vision once again that's patreon.com slash in rocky vision i'm trying to get it going uh, to be able to kind of create little fun projects Uh, Right now, I'm looking at it being a lot of photography-centered projects, but who knows? Um, So, trying to get it out there, spread the word. Obviously, this is a platform with which I can do that, since it's my podcast, or partly my podcast. Uh, So, I just wanted to put that out there, but I didn't want to take up too much time. Just a quick little, you know, like a little nudge-nudge type of deal. So once again, patreon.com slash in Rocky Vision. Thank you very much for your time. 
And now, back to the show. Now, number three on our list is a pure nostalgia pick. And I also rewatched it, like I said earlier, maybe a week, a week and a half ago, whatever it was now. Um, like, what are days? They all run together. But it is Too Fast, Too Furious, a much maligned movie that is, I think, usually considered to be one of the worst in the franchise. But upon rewatching it and kind of like divorcing myself a little bit from, again, the kind of cringier moments or the fact that it is really a byproduct of its time and it's like super flashy and super like just colorful um it also you know bears keeping in mind that it's a john singleton movie so he's a different director from the first director it obviously doesn't have the full cast in that or rather uh, a full returning cast from the original um it's really just brian but it introduces roman who is a fairly beloved character in the series from i mean my own personal opinion but it seems that most fans of the franchise really really love roman it also introduces Ludacris's tej and it starts the trend of moving away from street racing at that point like there are definitely street races still in it but now it's you know you have a very uh deliberate antagonist uh so it kind of like walks the line between the first movie where it's more of uh trying to figure out like is Dom or are Dom and the crew the you know digital camera and DVD thieves uh in the black civics that are hitting all these you know truckers or isn't it you know, while you see the kind of budding friendship or bromance or whatever between Dom and Brian. So you have a little bit of that with the Eva Mendez character and like, has she flipped? Has she not? Is she playing both sides? Where are we at? But you also get the, you know, kind of a sort of a caper movie, right? Where, you know, Brian and Roman are undercover, basically infiltrating uh, Carter Verone's uh shady dealings to try to like get enough uh information so the cops can make a bust or whatever the case is um so there's a little bit of that it's just it's it's where the trend starts of just like getting kind of ridiculous but it's still kind of couched in reality so i don't know because of that i really liked it i really liked it upon rewatch um i'll once i'm done with the list i'll also comment on why i think i like it more than a lot of the others um but just to get to the top two uh number two is tokyo drift um i don't know if it really needs much explanation from me at least anyone who knows me knows that i'm into a lot of like japanese things like not necessarily you know the kind of traditional nerdy like i love anime and i love this i really like japanese culture uh, Japanese aesthetic, you know, a, a lot of that element of it, you know, that isn't kind of uh, reliant on being just one subculture or something like that. It, it's a more kind of macro 
uh, appreciation for things Japanese as a whole. And because of that, this movie really like it just really hits a, a very particular dopamine button for me. And I, I saw this in the theater. I've seen it. I don't know how many times since I probably I mean, I couldn't recite the movie for you because I'm not that level of it. But I've I've seen it a lot. I can give a pretty thorough breakdown. Um, I don't love uh, Lucas Black's Sean Boswell. He is the most wooden actor I think I've ever seen in a movie. Um, and as a kind of, you know, Brian analog, I don't think he's that great. Uh, I don't mind Bow Wow. I mean, you know, he's just being Bow Wow, really. Um, so whatever. It introduces Han, who's the best part of the movie. And I really like uh, Takeshi or DK as the main antagonist. And again, like there's some street racing or well, drift racing sprinkled in there. But for the most part, it's a lot of like character centric story and, you know, hitting these very particular beats. And I just I'm it like it's like that movie was kind of made for me and I love it because of it. Uh, so then that brings us to the number one slot. And I mean, by process of elimination, that makes number one fast five. And I mean, that's where it just like it hits the sweetest of sweet spots, I think, in this franchise. Like as much as I don't like Fast and Furious 4 because it just feels very kind of whatever, you know, it's. <clears throat> it's interesting that that's the movie where they started trying to like change the direction, bring back most of the original cast and change the outlook of the franchise from being like more focused on the street racing element to, you know, these bigger kind of, uh, I want to say schemes. Cause it's not like they're the ones really conducting them, but like they get kind of sucked into like these bigger, uh, larger than life kind of like scenarios and they have to make their way out of it. Uh, that one just feels like it falls a little short and fast five just nails it. Um, I like the introduction of Hobbs a lot. I think he's a great asset to the movie. He brings a lot of, you know, obvious screen presence and power as a character um, and authority as a character, but he also kind of finds a good balance with lighthearted kind of funny approach that the rock is just the rock, you know, uh, particularly since that was one of the things post WWF E, uh, rock that I think where he found his footing a lot, like, you know, walking tall is great and all, I guess, but, uh, Hobbs is where it's at. So, and I mean, they drive a, a goddamn, like a spoilers again, I guess, but they drive a goddamn safe down the streets of Brazil, of Rio, and it's just so ridiculous and great. And, and you really find that when you start mixing the elements of, you know, Dom and Mia and, and Brian with... Han and Giselle and Roman and Tej. It's just really good. And I like the fact that it takes it out of America. Uh, and I mean, granted, like you had the whole Mexico thing in the previous one, but like this one's so different, like visually different. 
and just the story is great because they're on the run as opposed to just kind of like doing things they're actually being hunted throughout the entire movie so it adds like stakes so like the rock is an antagonist but he's by no means the like bad guy of the movie because then you have like the corrupt mayor uh you know who they end up sealing this oh, it's just so good and it's it's just the best of adrenaline popcorny movie nonsense um so much so that like i feel like that's the tipping point and everything else is like down from there i mean it's not a steep drop but you know like that just that was it for me so that's the list um i'm not going to recap it because it's a lot of titles to go through but uh those are my top 10 good god i'm over 20 minutes into this thing uh, apparently I can really talk a lot about the fast franchise or the fast saga. Um, so then more generalized thoughts. Um, the first one that I really realized as I was watching F9 and then immediately after watching the original Fast and the Furious, well, you know, the first of the series Fast and the Furious is I don't like Dom. I, I, he, he is just not a character I care about really. I like all the other characters, don't like him, except for in the first movie, where he is, you know, kind of serious and stoic, but feels like a human person, as opposed to the, you know, post four, five, six, seven, eight, and now into nine, he's just a cartoon now, and so much of it I would assume is because Vin Diesel became a producer on these movies so he has a lot more input you know there was the whole reporting a few years ago about he can't lose a fight and he counts how many hits he takes so then his character can hit back that many amount of times and all of that nonsense to me all all of which was proven in Fast Five where a much much better trained and more physically imposing Hobbs fights Dom to a stalemate. He fights him to a stalemate. They go through walls. They're just like tearing apart this building. And it just, it's all kind of for naught. <laughs> uh, only to kind of be friends. The only thing it needed is to have someone say like, save Martha. Uh, and that would really put it over the top with just how ridiculous it was. But I mean, like, whatever. That just made that point for me. So whenever a movie is very Dom centric, I check out a little bit because I just don't care that much about him. Uh, and it's gotten less and less over time, which kind of explains why Fast 9, F9, whatever, since it's so Dom centric, right, is just, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot, but then there's just like some shit where... You know, like I get that for the sake of the movie, he's going to be like chasing down John Cena's Jacob. Uh, again, I won't get into the breakdown of that movie yet, but just a real pet peeve I had while watching it. And it, it took me out for a split second is that he's, you know, chasing him across these rooftops in a European city uh, while Jacob is on a zip line. Right. And Dom is giving chase and keeping up. And Timberlands, the least capable shoe for something like that. But because Dom has to keep to this 
very particular, like very rugged. I just wear like white tees and pants aesthetic that have dominated his character ever since. It, it just looks kind of foolish and ridiculous. Whereas Jacob is in like, you know, tactical gear because he's on a mission and all this. It's just kind of silly. Uh, so then I tend to gravitate towards all the other much more um, real feeling characters. Uh, I love Brian. I love Letty. I love Tej. I love Roman, even though he can also be a little much because he's so over the top. But it's still enjoyable to me. Um, Dom is just not, it's not it, Chief. Except in the first one. In the first one, he's really good, comparatively speaking. You know, it also depends, uh, you know, dear listener, to how much credibility you give Vin Diesel as an actor. Uh, and, you know, I guess uh, Groot notwithstanding, considering that all he has to say is, three goddamn words but um I also don't hold him in the highest regard as an actor but like I try not to let that bias seep into my perception of him as Dom Dom is just nuts and then comparatively speaking you get like Hobbs who's introduced as a cartoon character basically so the fact that he is consistently a cartoon character is fine because like that's how he was always introduced like incredibly larger than life like just so jacked and so like it, it doesn't make sense but it's fine that it doesn't make sense because I can like wrap my head around I can suspend my disbelief enough to wrap my head around it but Dom starts off as a fairly regular guy he has a body shop and owns a little like market and cafe which they never circle back to ever uh and you know he just takes care of his sister his lady Vince, his childhood friend, Leon, who has been completely forgotten from this series, uh, and Jesse, who ends up getting killed at the first movie. So, like, you know, that, that one wraps itself up pretty pretty neatly. But um, he goes from being that guy, and I mean, I get it, right? Like, the family through line obviously continues to exist in all these movies. But, like, it's just so nuts that it's, it becomes a little much. So with that being said, then there's, let me see, I have a couple, a couple of other bullet points here. Um, da, 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 da. Actually, I think I've covered most of these. Uh, but yeah, just going back, like there's, I appreciate that a lot of these movies kind of eventually circle back to certain points that were made in previous movies, even if they're kind of throwaway lines. They reference that, and I like that element of it. But then, like I said, the store, which I mean, granted, like you can just be like, he just closed it up and never opened it again. They were fugitives on the run for a while. But um, I, I don't know. Leon. Leon just baffles me. Uh, so whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> um, oh, the other thing that I definitely wanted to point out that like continues, and I guess this will segue into the Fast 9 review, uh, that I kind of like that they've done is that they leverage Tyrese's kind of comedy as an actor to make Roman the kind of audience's surrogate throughout the movies. You know, saying the things that the audience, or somebody in the audience would probably say, like, obviously, you know, um, about what they're viewing. 
and it continues into Fast 9. Uh, so much so that it gets very meta in that regard. Um, before I continue, I'm going to go ahead and just give the final spoiler warning for F9 in case anyone gives a shit. I'm not going to get into like actual my thoughts on the movie, probably talk about some plot things. God, we're over 30 minutes. And um, just kind of mull it over a little bit still as the thoughts are still somewhat fresh in my mind and uh just talk about the things i like the things i didn't like uh, before wrapping this whole thing up all right so f9 there's a few things i liked about it i like that the fairly simple backstory that dom is given in the original or in the first fast and furious I keep distinguishing between original and first because there was a other movie called The Fast and the Furious from, I forget what year, I think it was like an exploitation movie from like the 70s, we'll say, whatever. So that's the original, I'm talking about the first one. Um, the, the most that they really give Dom as far as backstory is that he was in prison before because he, you know, almost beat a guy to death at a race track, uh, where his father died, you know, something to that effect. So in this movie, you get to see a lot of that. There is a healthy amount of flashback in this movie. Uh, and this movie also comes in at about two hours and 25 minutes. It's pretty long. I mean, lately they've all been fairly long, but this one might be the longest of them all. Um, so then you get to see a young Dom obviously a young Jacob. And I mean, it makes sense that they would circle back to a lot of that because the main antagonist of the movie or is Jacob, his brother, uh, which again, there's no spoiler warning there because I was in the commercials and trailers and everything leading up to the release. But, um, there is a lot of flashback. Some would almost say too much flashback, but you know, whatever it's to each their own. And, um, you know, I like that they fill in some of those gaps. They, they go back to actual story beats and not just like make new shit up for the sake of it. But, uh, it can be a little bit much, um, or, you know, they could use it to work as transition points between current day, you know, like getting characters from point A to point B or showing, you know, whatever, which I mean, they do. But also sometimes it feels like they're just like living in it for a little bit too long. But, you know, whatever. It's not really a mark against it. It's just a thing to be aware of, I guess, uh, in this movie. That there is a fair amount of that. So, you know, go in just knowing that. Um, I mean, and like I mentioned earlier and like the last several movies that have preceded it. Uh, you know, are these movies just all sorts of ridiculous and they keep getting more and more ridiculous and like raising the stakes more and more again, like Tyrese points that out <laughs> in this movie. Like, yeah, they, that is a thing that happens. Um, does it, does it make it bad? I would say no. Um, you know, I just go in knowing that I'm going to watch a lot of nonsense uh, and enjoy it 
while I'm in it. So, you know, to each their own, but at this point, like we're this many movies deep, you should kind of know what you're getting yourself into with regards to Fast and Furious movies in general. Um, then let me see here. Ba, 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 ba. Oh, and obviously in the Fast and Furious tradition, there are plenty of shots for anyone who is like wondering if it, they're going to do it yet again. So many shots of Vin Diesel looking out of his car window at someone, usually the bad guy. But it happens. It happens a whole lot. They could probably have cut a few of those out to just like shave off some of the time. But, you know, whatever. I'm not going to tell somebody how to actually make their movie. Um, but, yeah, that's that's always a fun thing when they just kind of always lean back into those very specific Fast and the Furious kind of tropes. I'm not saying that in a judgmental or negative way. It just, you know, it is what it is. One of the other reasons, going back to the rankings, that this was so low uh, of the 10 is that at the end of the day, does this really, like, did F9 really bring anything new to the franchise other than a new character? No. <laughs> you know, it, 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 like I said earlier, this is the empty calories of cinema. Um, but as long as you know that and are okay with it, like, who cares, right? Like, it's just, it's a matter of having fun. Uh, the one thing that I will say is they keep how do i put this the the amount of time it's taking for a character to be introduced as a villain and then eventually circle around to being a member of the hero team is just getting shorter and shorter right so they introduce um owen shaw in fast and furious 6 he doesn't do a heroic deed, really, until The Fate of the Furious, two movies later, uh, where he saves Dom's baby son uh, from an airplane. They infiltrate an airplane, they save the kid, they exfil the kid. Um, the other, I say they, because he is joined by Deckard Shaw, the villain of Furious 7. So it only took one movie for him to, you know, be playing or assisting the hero team already. So by the time that you get to F9, Jacob, John Cena, is introduced as like this foil to Dom, right? And he is a spy and he was always the like overlooked little brother so you think that like he grew up with a chip on his shoulder he wants to be better than Dom and he wants to be faster than Dom and he wants to be stronger than Dom and you know through flashbacks and everything you realize like where the kind of schism that separated them uh, happens and the kind of like misunderstanding that results from it so by that point you can already start to see that oh this movie's gonna end with him you know, on, on the side of virtue and helping out and all that other stuff because it's it's seeded from a certain point forward that, like, this is an obvious conclusion that this is coming to. And, I mean, you know, like, I get it. Whatever. No judgment against the movie, but it's just really funny that 
they can they can become a little bit predictable at times. So it is what it is. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, I feel like I keep harping on the same points over and over again, and we're like hit, about to hit the forty minute mark. So I'm just gonna say, if you're somebody that's into these movies, uh, you'll probably enjoy the the latest in the Fast Saga. There is, I believe, a tenth movie. I not sure, but I thought I heard that there's supposed to be a female-led, um, you know, Fast and Furious franchise movie. I assume there's going to be more Hobbs and Shaw movies. So, like, keep bringing them. I'll keep watching them because I just want to be entertained at the movies sometimes. I don't need some, like, really heavy, dramatic piece to make me ponder life and, you know, existence and all that. Sometimes you just want some, like, dumb, fun stuff. And, um... If you think you're better than these movies, I mean, you probably are, but um, watch them anyways. Like, fuck it. Just have fun. Just let go. Uh, and uh, remember, it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. And uh, you never want a granny shift, and you always want a double clutch. Those are the lessons that I've taken away from this franchise. Oh, and obviously... We'll all see each other again. Where? Who the fuck knows? Down the road, I guess. Uh, but until the next mini so damn it, I crossed 40 minutes. So uh, whenever I get around to recording another mini-sode, uh, um, I'll, wa- I'll see you guys then. Oh, God damn it. I, I ruined all of that. I'm going to leave it in, but I ruined it. Uh, but until next time, I have been Rocky signing off. Have a good night. And... Uh, I will see you again. You'll hear me again. Whatever. Bye.